Hey everybody, welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. It's so great to have you here to worship with us today. I want to start off by asking you a question. Are you a Lego fan? I remember when I was growing up, I used to play with Legos all the time with my brother. Well, get this, there is a group that actually constructed the largest, actually the tallest Lego structure, and they built that in Milan, Italy. And I want to ask you, how high do you think that structure is? What is the world record for the highest Lego structure? And how many bricks did it take to build? Well, at the end of the message, at the end of the service today, I'll be sharing that answer with you. So go ahead, think about that. Maybe type that in the chat as we get started. Because no matter what structure you're building, whether it's Legos or your life, the foundation matters a lot. And, and that's what Pastor James is going to be preaching about today. He's going to be looking at the last piece of the Sermon on the Mountain in our series, Blueprints for Belonging Community, and really asking that, that particular question, what are you building your life on? So go ahead and check in on Facebook, check in on social media if you haven't already, and go ahead and start a watch party. It's a great way to engage your friends and let them know that you're worshiping with us and that they can too. And it's really, really easy to do. We've had several folks who have started to worship with us just because of a friend that started a watch party and maybe you're one of them. And I want to invite you to, to use the chat during the service to type your thoughts, questions, even comments in the, the comment box. It's a way for us to interact and get to know one another, even from the comforts of your own home. So thanks so much for being here today and being part of the Salem Fields community, really from wherever you are. And I hope that you can take this next hour to put aside all the things you've been carrying and thinking about and your to-do list and, and really focus on what God wants you to hear today. So let's get ready to worship. And let's stand up and let's worship Jesus this morning. Let's see. Our God of a foundation, our rock, the old solid ground, as nations rise and fall. Kingdoms once strong now shaking, but we trust forever in your name, the name of Jesus. Trust the name of Jesus. Cause you are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever. Forevermore. You are victorious. You are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever. Forevermore, you are victorious. Let's sing a match in all your wisdom. 
Compassion in all your wisdom In love and justice you will reign And everything you will bow We bring our expectations Our hope is anchored in your name The name of Jesus Go! Yes, we trust the name of Jesus. Cause you are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever. Forevermore. You are victorious. You are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever. Let's declare this church. We lift our better eye. We lift the name of Jesus from age to age to reign. Your kingdom has no end. We lift our better eye. We lift the name of Jesus from age to age to reign. Your kingdom has no You are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever. Forevermore, you are victorious. Welcome, everybody. Glad you're here. Have a seat or remain standing and look like a weirdo. So glad to have you at Salem Fields this morning. Yeah, that's right, Susan. You're a weirdo. And folks online, thank you so much for being here. We're so glad that you tuned in this morning. Apparently, you got the rain memo when these other folks did not. But uh, we're glad that everybody is here. Thanks for attending. We are going to have a great day today, so I hope you're ready. We're going to continue with the Blueprint series. And actually, I think we're going to finish it up today um, and really move into some exciting times we call the Christmas season. And I'm sure most of you have your tree up already because you're weirdos. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, as you know, we're continuing to take our tithes and offerings online uh, via the app or the kiosk outside, anything that you can swipe a card or what have you. It's the safest way to do it anyway, honestly. 
Um, but just so you know, if you're visiting with us, we don't pass buckets or anything like that. But if you want to contribute, you're welcome. Of course, if you're a member here, then you know how exciting it is to be able to give back to God and exactly what the Lord does with that. He multiplies it, he passes it out, uh, goes all over the world, bringing hope to places that you wouldn't even imagine. So, and we'll be talking about that more in a moment. But feel free to continue to give uh, lovingly and liberally. We thank you for that. Check in on Facebook or whatever social media platform you have. Um, if you're over the age of 30, you should be on Facebook. And if you're under, use something else and then shame the people who are still on Facebook. But we're glad that you can check in with us and let people know that you're worshiping here and you brave the weather to do it. Maybe encourage them next weekend to do the same. However, uh, folks online as well, if you start a watch party, this is kind of a new thing that we're trying. Um, basically, it helps you moderate your ability to, to uh, like, they, people in your circle get to see what's happening, right? And they get to, to kind of follow along with you. You become the moderator, which is really cool. Folks online, even if you're watching via the, the Salem Fields uh, Live, you can go over to Facebook and start that watch party and just kind of expand the circles of influence, we believe that we have a great message of hope here, and we want to share it with the world, and we're counting on each one of us to do that. That's our job, so please help us with that. Coming up today, we have the twilight hike. It was rescheduled uh, due to weather, and look at outside. We're not rescheduling. Pastor Chris has it on good authority from the Lord that it's going to be clear, and it's going to be okay. We're meeting at Alum Springs at 4 p.m. in the parking lot. We probably won't do the, the muddy trail hike, though that would be more fun, kind of like a weird slip and slide, and I would like that but probably going to do the, the paved walk there. But folks online, if, you, if you're out of the area, I know we have people from Nigeria and India, uh, the Philippines watching all over the world. If you're, you can't uh, come here to participate, walk three miles, take a picture of yourself, send it to us, and we will edit you into the photo, uh, and that will be a lot of fun. So there's no reason we can't do that. All right, you need to be a part. You're a part of the community just like we are, even if you're at a distance. So that would be great. We also have a hike coming up in November that we'd like to tell you about. We'll, we'll keep you informed as it comes closer. Walking out of the door, you're going to see a table with kits for Christmas cards. The Christmas cards are going to be sent to our partners in India and Nigeria. This is a way for us to spread hope to people who have been hit as hard, if not harder, by this pandemic than we have. They don't have the same resources. They don't have the same kind of ability to stay home and, and order DoorDash and all these other things. So sometimes, believe it or not, a, a handmade card means the world to people. They then know that they're connected through the Holy Spirit with a whole nother group of people that are loving them and worshiping with them. So if you would, on your way out, grab a kit, make a card, have it back here by the 29th so that we can deliver it to those folks and families and kids across the world that you won't meet till heaven are gonna celebrate along with you. We'd love to have you. So, so thankful you're here with us. Please stand and continue to worship. Any of you know that there's nothing that a God can't do this morning? So whatever you've been facing this week, just give it to Him and know that He can move through it. Let's sing. You just won't work. You call the storm that surrounds me. You just won't work. The darkness has to retreat. Yes, it does. It's just one touch. I feel the presence of heaven. It's just one touch. 
My eyes were open to see My heart can't help but believe oh, There is nothing that our God can do There's not a mountain that He can move Oh, praise the name that makes a way There's nothing that our God can do oh. It's just one word you he was broken inside me it's just one word can you revive every dream come on oh in just one touch i feel the power of heaven in just one touch my eyes were open to see, my heart can't help but believe If there is nothing that our God can't do There's not a mountain that He can't move Oh, praise the name that makes a way There's nothing that our God can't do Oh, there's nothing that our God can't do there's not a prison wall he can't break through. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh, there's nothing that he can't do. Go. Yeah, I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like the power. Come on, we declare. Let's go. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like the power. Who believes it? Come on. Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like this power. There is nothing that our God can do. There's not a mountain that He can move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a prison wall he can't break through. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh. He always makes a way. He always makes a way. Oh, we believe. He makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh.
Pastor James is going to talk to us about the fact that our foundation, our living hope is built on the rock, the firm foundation of Jesus. And so I just, whenever you've come in here, I just want you to focus in. Just lay everything else aside. Just allow his presence to just envelop you as we just declare this out together. My hope is built on nothing less. Can you sing that with me? Declare. Then Jesus' blood and righteousness. Come on. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. Let's sing that out again. It's so good. My hope. My hope is built on nothing less than what? Than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak man strong in the Savior's love cause through the storm he is Lord Lord of all when darkness when darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace oh, in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil my anchor holds within the
we sing we declare over our lives I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation I will put my trust in you alone and I Cause I will build my life upon your love It is a firm foundation I will put my trust in you alone And I will not be shaken So presence of the Lord. And the Bible says how good and how pleasant is it to be in the presence of the Lord. And let's just, let's just hang here for a minute and allow the sweet spirit to wash over us and the current of all the things around us that are distracting and hurtful and scary. Let the Holy Spirit just wash those things away. And Pastor James is going to talk today about 
the foundation of our life. And I just, I just wonder as the current of this world is swirling around us, man, where is your foundation? What is it? Who is it? Man, Rich, can we hit that one more time? Yeah. for the chance to bask in your presence. God, we are a hurried people. We are people who have made busyness a God. So Lord, I ask you that in your mercy, in your grace, that you would just ease us into your presence, wash all the nonsense of this world away from us, the filth of this world and our own desires and our own fears, all those things away, God, and the flood that is your Holy Spirit as we stand rooted upon the foundation of your son, Jesus Christ. God, we need you today. We need you no matter where we're watching from in this world. Father, we share the same, the same question. What's our life built on? God, I ask you to anoint Pastor James this morning as he concludes the series, God, uh, in the most important way determining what is our life truly built upon, Father. I pray that no one would leave this place without the surety that our lives are built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Name above all names, Lord above all lords, strong, secure foundation, God. Lord, we invite you into this place. We humble ourselves before you and we won't hurry. Take your time, Father. In the name of Jesus, well, good morning, Selwyn Fields. <laughs> Let me say that again, because <laughs> I know it's raining and it's, uh, it's a terrible weather outside. So let's, let's kind of, I, I saw that. Let's take a nice deep breath. <sighs> good morning, Selwyn Fields. Good morning. It's so good to have you here today, whether you're in the auditorium or watching me online. We're glad you're here. I, I realize there are many places where you could spend your weekend. And I am so glad that you've chosen to spend part of your weekend here with us at Salem Fields Community Church. Well, I, I've been remodeling. I've been remodeling my basement or what I call the man cave or the man den 3.0. And the reason why I call it 3.0 is because I tried this a couple of times, right? But kids, right? Everybody could probably, a lot of you in here or at home could have that statement, but 
kids. Well, but, but kids have kind of destroyed uh, 1.0 and, and 2.0. And, and since my, my oldest, my youngest kid is 18 now, I decided to try it one more time with Man Cave or Man Den 3.0. And, and as I went to look at the basement, now here's what happened. We've been, we've been kind of touching up our house a little bit. And, and Rose took the first two floors. The first two floors have been Rose's floors. And so Rose's floors, she, she can do whatever she wants to. So, so I've, not, I've tried not to speak into them. I've tried as there are more floral patterns than I like and as there, than I would like or, or, or more kind of, I don't know, just differing kind of patterns than I would like. I, I've tried to be quiet because Rosa said that I could have the basement all to myself and that I could do whatever I wanted in the basement. Guys, say amen. I mean, I could do whatever I want to. And I tested it. I tested it, and she kind of, she's kept her part of the agreement. She's spoken into it a little bit, but I, re, I remind her that she gave me the basement. And so whenever you're doing kind of a redo or a remodel, you want to begin by looking at foundational parts of the remodel, right? So we looked at the ceiling. Now, we had a little crack in the ceiling because of kids, and water, and water running over, and so there was a little crack in the ceiling, so we had to have that fixed and painted, so we did that, and, and the walls were a little tattered, so we patched them and put a fresh coat of paint on them. And so, but the, the thing that, that kind of was foundational that we could not just patch was the flooring. And because I had attempted to redo the flooring in the washroom, um, with a C-plus kind of a grade. Rose was nice and said it looked good, but it didn't look good. Kind of a C-plus grade. I decided to bring the professionals in, Empire Flooring, to do the basement floor. So the carpet, the carpet which was stained, right, because somehow there's an urn that fell on the carpet and scorched it. And it didn't scorch it in a place where you can put a chair over it or a couch over it. Maybe you've been there. It scorched it in a place that was right out in the middle of the walkway. And then there was an accident with paint, kind of black paint that went all over the carpet. And no matter how many times I cleaned it, it wouldn't come up. So we, we took out the carpet and we put in the new kind of wood look upgraded linoleum floor. And so that foundational piece of the redo was done. And then we kind of brought in furniture and pictures and all that kind of other stuff. You know, some man cave kind of stuff like a helmet and a, and a Kobe Bryant picture and some OV kind of a OV uh, um, jersey and different things like that that we will put around the man cave. You know, when it comes to remodeling, like it comes to building anything, foundations do matter. In fact, that's what I want you to remember today. And so I'm going to have you say it with me on the count of three. You're going to say foundations matter. So let's kind of do this together. Now, if you're at home, you're listening. I want you to say it nice and loud so that your neighbors can hear and wonder what you're talking about. Okay. So one, two, three. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Foundations matter. 
Foundations matter. Foundations are important. How important? In our concluding blueprints message. Jesus said that good foundations are the difference between the, a life that stands when the storms hit and one that totally falls apart. Why would he talk about this? Because Jesus knows that a storm is coming to a foundation near you. Your, your, your founding pastors were fond of saying this. You're either in a storm, you have just gotten out of a storm, or the storm clouds are gathering on your horizon. And so storms come, so foundations are important. So last week I gave you a couple of definitions, and I want to remind you of them today. The first definition I gave you was slacker. Slacker. A slacker is a person who avoids work or effort or of a subculture characterized by apathy or aimlessness. Now, the second definition I gave you a scrutinizer. Say that word with me, scrutinizer. Doesn't that come off the tongue pretty good? Scrutinizer. Someone who inspects or examines something very, very carefully. I also asked you a couple of questions last week that I believe Jesus was asking those folks gathered on that hill many, many years ago. And I believe those quest the questions are still relevant today. And so whether you're here or online, these questions really determine our true status, the true status of our citizenship as belongers in the community. The first question, if you haven't had a chance to write these down, write them down. They will be really important to you. The first question is this, which way are you going? Question number one, which way are you going? Someone has said, if you don't know where you're going, how you're going to get there. Which way are you going? Question number two was, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? There's a lot of noise going on in our world. There's a lot of noise going in our world. There are a lot of voices that are competing for our attention. Whether it's on social media or regular media, there are people who put up trillions of dollars to get your attention, to buy what they want you to buy, to go where they want you to go, to spend how they want you to spend, to do what they want you to do. Who are you listening to? But it's as, as important as those first two questions. This last question I want to share with you today is the most important question. What are you building on? Would you say that with me? One, two, three. What are you building on? In other words, what is your foundation? So as Jesus is wrapping up, as he's wrapping up these blueprints for a belonging community, he tells a story to many of those gathered on the hill. Many of them would understand this story. And I believe he, he's talking to us today. He tells a story about sand and rock. And, and because they lived in a world where both of those were plentiful, they understood sand and rock. But he also tells a story of storms, and they understood storms. So sand, rock, and storms. Maybe you discovered this story being in a Sunday school class when you were young. Remember the story? Remember the song, the wise man built his house upon the rock? The wise man built his house upon the rock? 
the wise man built his house upon the rock and the rains came tumbling down. The rains came down and the floods came up. Remember the things? The rains came down, the floods came up. The rains came down, the floods came up and the house on the rock stood firm. Now, the problem is there's someone else in the story. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. And the rains came tumbling down. The rains came down. The floods came up. The rains came down. The floods came up. And the house on the sand went smack, flash, smash, flat, destroyed, dismembered, whatever you want to call it. Listen to Jesus' words as he wraps up this message. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowners' improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who builds his house on the rock. If you work them into your life. And then he goes on to say the rain poured down, the rivers flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed on the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies <laughs> and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach. And when the storms rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. So Jesus was saying that we can build our lives on a sandy beach or on the rock-solid foundation of acting out his Words. In other words, it's not just to hear the words. It's not just to know the words. It's not just even enough to believe the words. But, but, but it, only, it only works its way into our lives when we begin to act out and to live out the truth of those words. HGTV used to be one of my uh, favorite stations. I don't watch it much anymore, but every now and then I will catch a glimpse of it. And last night I, I, was, uh, on H, I was on YouTube TV and I, I saw one of the shows that I used to watch and it's, it's called Love It or List It. Maybe some of you have seen this show before. Love It or List is a show that, where the premise is that you have a couple that are living in a house. Their house is usually, usually outgrown the house or the house is outdated. And one person, one person in, the, in that marriage wants to take the house, remodel it and run as far as way they can from that house and list it for sale and move into something better. The other person is usually in love with that house. And they just believe if it was given just a little bit of tender, loving care, that everything would change and it would be better. And so they bring in the experts. They bring in the experts, David, who's an expert in house hunting, and Hillary, who's a, a designer, and they give them budgets. They usually say something like this, we'll give you $100,000 to fix the house, and, then, and we're open to you finding a house, maybe a $400,000. And so they go to work. And the, the concluding question of the kind of story is this. Are you going to love it or are you going to list it? Now, if that was all the show was about, then it wouldn't be worth watching. Because in today's media, there has to be some drama 
There has to be some drama. And so what usually happens that's dramatic is that they give that $100,000 to remodel that house and they usually find something that they were not expecting that kind of stresses that budget. In this particular episode I was looking at last night, they were, they were kind of looking to uh, move some load-bearing walls because their house was all cut up and everybody wants that house that is just kind of a free-flowing house, right? And so everybody has that. So they went to remove some load-bearing walls. And whenever you remove load-bearing walls, you got to have something that bears a load. And so they went into the basement to see kind of what was, what was bearing that load. And as they went into the basement, they found that they had a beam, but that beam was on a part of their house that was sinking and because it was sinking that that part of the the house flooring and the, and the foundation was crumbling and and so they had to jack that house up and they had to make a new foundation and then of course that couple thought that was a pain in the butt because whenever you find something unexpected that you then you lose something that you wanted to remodel you either got to add some more money or you got to lose something that you really care about and so though that couple last night thought it was a pain in the butt, they thought it, it was just kind of a pain in the neck. And so they weren't very happy about the fact that they had to spend money on something they didn't want to spend money on, what they might call in the, a pain in the neck. Jesus would say is smart building. He was saying to them and he's saying to us gathered here online or in this room, he's saying to us today that we should put most of our time, most of our efforts, most of our resources in the foundation. Why? Because foundations matter in homes and they matter in life. Without a good foundation, all the other stuff, all the other stuff is just window dressing. And when the storm comes in, when the storms hit, all the other stuff, if the foundation is not there, everything gets wiped out. So Jesus was saying, basically, get a piece of the rock. Anybody remember the Prudential commercial from back in the day? He was saying, get a piece of the rock. You're building for a long haul. You're building eternal things. But that's not quite the way that the slacker views things, right? We learned that last week. The slacker says, plan for right now. Build for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. No worries, no shirts, no shoes, no problem lifestyle. Says, live for today. Worry about that other stuff tomorrow. Stuff like foundation and right directions and eternity. We can look at that tomorrow. Jesus says just the opposite. He says that we should be focusing on the unseen, that we should be focusing uh, on the things that we don't see. He, he, he says that to the slacker in all of us, that the unseen, the stuff that we don't see is really what's important, the stuff that's underneath of things. Someone told me a little while ago that whenever you see a really tall building, there's so much more underneath of the ground that keeps that really tall building in the air. What we don't see is often, and I would say maybe most of the time, more important than what we do see. He says that we can live all of our lives in Slackerville, but one day the life of Slackerville will boomerang back into our lives. 
Jesus says, if we sow a slacker life, we're going to reap a slacker eternity. So his call is for us to be transformed, transformed by his grace, by choosing the right foundation. Throughout, the, throughout this series on Blueprints for Belonging Community, Jesus is constantly talking about this transformation made possible by grace where he changes us from the inside out. What, the things that we can't see, that we can't touch and taste and hear, the inside out. And he calls us to allow God, the Holy Spirit, to move in our lives in such a way that once transformed, we start to build for eternity. He longs for you and I to realize the futility of planning for the, the temporary instead of the eternal. He says that if we're going to live out this blueprints for a belonging community, if we're going to live this out, um, we will reap eternal life. Listen to his words. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will also harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All they will have to show for life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, Harvest a crop of real life, eternal life. It's the law of reciprocity. If I go outside and I throw some tomato seeds out, I'm not going to get corn. And many of us spend our lives, spend our lives in Slackerville believing that we're going to throw tomato seeds out the window and corn is going to grow up. And you say, James, are you crazy? I know better than that. Here's the reality. Most of us spend our time on temporary things believing that we're going to reap eternal reward. And let me say to you, we live in a world that spends billions of dollars trying to focus our attention on the temporary when God is calling us to focus our attention on the eternal. It's the reason why we can, we can put so much into things and totally ignore people made in the image of God. It's the reason why we tear each other apart in so many, so much temporary stuff. Let me say something to you. And I'm, I'm, next week I'm going to preach a post-election message. So get ready for that. But that all that we are fussing and fighting over, a lot of the stuff that the partisan stuff, the stuff that we're hating each other over, is so temporary. Because I don't care what side of the aisle you stand on. We're all created in the image of God. And Jesus came to die for us all so that we could have eternal life. And we spend our time so much on temporary stuff. And, and God is challenging us to focus our life and our, give our resources to and focus our attention on that which is eternal. And when everything burns and everything crashes and everything that is wiped away, what will live on forever is people created in the image of God. And we're going to live on eternally with him in his presence or we're going to live on eternally without him. And we're here and called to be salt and light so that more people will live in eternity with him than live in eternity without him. And if we focus our attention and time and energies and resources on a whole bunch of temporary stuff. We totally miss the point. 
you and I are here. The reason why God doesn't beam us up as soon as we become belongers is because he wants to use us to help introduce people to grace, God's unmerited favor, so that they spend eternity in his presence and not eternity outside of his presence. Let me ask you a question. What in your life can be shaken? What in your life can't be shaken? Are you building on your career? Maybe you're saying, well, I'm building a career. I want to get a good career so I could get a good job, so I can make a lot of money, so I can live comfortably, so I can give, so I can serve. Are you building on your career? We, we, we know people. I worked in academia. I know people who went and got majors because they wanted to build their lives on a career and got master's degrees and doctor's degrees, and they're not even in, even in that career anymore. They've totally switched careers. In fact, the stats are that people are coming out of college today are going to switch their careers more, more four, or five, or six times. Don't build your, your life on a career. Maybe you're building your life on a financial portfolio and a bear and bull market and things that are swinging so violently. You know, we have these systems that we go through and we have these cycles we go through and it's not smart to build your life on your financial portfolio. You've seen people who've done this and the stock market crashes and the house values go down. And all of their investments begin to show a negative return. Don't build your life on that. Maybe you're building your life on family, and that's, and that's more noble than the first two. And so you can be applauded by building your life on families. But here's the reality. The reality is families will disappoint us. The reality is people die, and I know people who built their life on family, and that family walks away, or that family betrays them, or those families, unfortunately, pass away, and, and then their life crumbles. It's about 23 years ago. Rose and I were pregnant with our first kid. Kind of funny because some, some ladies are here and say, James, you've never been pregnant. <laughs> so Rose is pregnant with our first kid. Let me say it that way. And, uh, and she had a placenta previa. And, um, and um, this is, this, this uh, this is probably too much biology, but, but the, uh, it's, just, it's a bad situation because if you have a certain contraction, then everything can tear and that you, you can have a large bleed and you can lose both mother and, and the kid. And, and so we woke up in the morning and there was one of these, these tears that happened and there was a bad bleed and we rushed to the hospital. And of course, I'm outside in the waiting room and, and they're in the operating room and, and God God and I are having this conversation, and the conversation goes like this. God, I can't lose them. They are my life. I can't lose them. They are my life. And, and God said, really? Really? I thought I was your life. And I said, God, I, yeah, yeah, of course you are my life, but God, I can't live without them. And he said, really? I thought you couldn't live without me. And at some point in that conversation, I had to get to the place where I said, God, you can have them. And let me tell you, folks, as sure as I'm sitting here, I thought when I, when I made that statement to God, 
that I was going to lose them both. It's as real as, I mean, it's, it's so real. And I just thought, I don't want to make this statement, but God, you are my life. So I, uh, you, you can't build your life on family, as noble as that is. See, the slacker says, live for the day. Live for today. But the scrutinizer says this, live or plan forever. Live or plan forever. Who is, the, who is the individual who plans for eternity? There's a qualifier. Jesus says it's the one who works these words into their lives. There's a difference between being a slacker and a scrutinizer. The difference between knowing what's right and doing what's right. Here's a challenge for all of us. Jesus says this, you know these things, but if you're really serious about building your life on the rock, you'll put my words into action. There are plenty of people who knows the word. There are plenty of people who believe the word. There are plenty of people who can quote the word. There are plenty of people who can do all of that, but those aren't the people who are the scrutinizer. The scrutinizer, the people who are building their lives on the rock are the people who begin to live it out. I call it diet and exercise Christianity. There's so many people who are slackers, and you don't believe they're slackers because they're saying, give me word, give me word, more and more Bible studies, more and more word, more and more word. And then they become spiritually slackers because it's one thing to get the word inside of us. It's another thing to get the word outside of us in action and living it out and making a difference. So he's basically saying, listen and act on what you hear. Listen and act on what you hear. James says it like this. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you are anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who, who glance in the mirror walk away and two minutes later forget what, uh, or have no idea who they are or what they look like. The scrutinizer says, I'm building for eternity, so I'm dieting and I'm exercising. I'm working these things into my life, and, and I realize I need grace. And, and I'm, so I'm coming with my hands open. I'm, I'm coming with my heart open. I, I, I realize that I'm messed up, and so I'm blessed up. And I'm coming honestly and openly. I'm taking off the mask. I'm being transparent. I'm bringing the hurts, the habits, the hangups. I'm coming before you honestly, God. I realize that I'm, I'm called to go public and, and to be sold in light. And so I'm living my life in a way to reflect Jesus and to bring flavor to the world. The scrutinizer has taken off his or her mask, has put aside false pretenses, and it's just living real life. See, those who are building on a foundation, an eternal foundation that will last forever, understand that, that they don't have to get all wrapped up and concerned and worrying about all kinds of stuff and be anxiety-filled because they understand that God is large and in charge, that God is the one who has their back, that God will take care of what they Need belongers, kingdom citizens, live by the ethic that says this, God loved me, so I will 
love others. Well, we come to the point in the message uh, that every text that you share, there's a question that happens, and the question goes like this. So what? So what? Well, here's what. When you look at the passage, it's an interesting passage. The first thing we see about the passage is there, there's a lot of sameness in the passage, right? They both build homes. Both the stupid and smart carpenter build homes. They both chose materials. They both experienced storms. But there's some differences too. One chooses a strong foundation while the other chooses a weak one. One chooses quality materials while the other chooses inferior materials. And one house stands while the other house falls. So let me give you three kingdom perspectives of an extreme home makeover. Perspective number one, write this down. Foundations matter. Foundations matter. Foundations matter. We know that about the two builders. We, we know they're both building houses. We don't know their names. We don't know their floor plan. We don't know, even know the value of the homes they're building. But we know that two of them are building and only one delineation that Jesus makes. There's only one he makes and it's about foundation. Every person listening to this message today, whether you're in the auditorium or online, you're building something. We're all building something. The houses may look different, but Jesus says what really matters is the foundation of our lives. Now, some of you are building things that you want everybody to notice. You want everybody to see. You want everybody to be inspired by those things. And some of you are building things on the QT. You're, you're building things on the down low. You don't want anybody to know. Some of you are doing stuff that's extremely engaging. And some of you are doing stuff that, that's not, that, that seems boring. Some of you are taking on challenges while other you are meticulously building on that house. But the truth is, everyone here is building something. The question is, rock or sand? The question is, rock or sand? What is, the what is it that your foundation rests on? And so his challenge to the crowd that day and, and to us today, and, and, and I believe uh, today... Um, if, if we want to be scrutinizer, if we want to be scrutinizer by hearing and seeing and acting on things, God wants us to hear and see and act on what we're hearing. But there's some slackers here, too. And if we play the role of slacker, if we just go through life half-heartedly, if we just go through life preparing for the now and only for the now, if we go into life and we're not working these words into our lives and we're just kind of building, uh, 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 just kind of building haphazardly, one day what we're building will fall. I'm guessing a whole lot of us have experience in life where we invested in something. We gave our energy to it, our resources to it, our time to it, our attention to it. And it failed. And we feel cheated. We feel lied to. We feel betrayed. We feel all of those things. We feel ripped off when it happens. Jesus was saying, invest in the stuff that lasts. Don't invest in stuff that will fail. Don't invest in stuff that will betray you. Don't invest in stuff that will go away with the storm. 
because foundations matter. That's the first foundational principle. The second one is this, circumstances don't matter. He said, James, what are you talking about? Of course circumstances matter. Not in this situation. They don't. The, because here's the deal. Circumstances don't make you and they don't break you. They just reveal you. Can I say that again? Circumstances don't matter because they don't make you and they don't break you. They just reveal you. So many of us are convinced that the stuff and storms mess up our lives wrong. We, so many of us say, would say, you know what, if this didn't happen to me, life would be great. If that didn't happen to me, life would be great. And I would, I would be building a, a kind of eternal, permanent, on the rock life if these things just don't, would not keep on hitting me. The truth is, good stuff or bad stuff, circumstances don't make or break you. They only reveal what you've been, what you've been building on from the beginning. So many of us think that we've been building on the rock and it's simply been sand. And when the circumstances that Jesus talks about, the storms come rolling in, they reveal what you're building on. Because if your life falls apart, if you want to jump out the window, <laughs> if everything crashes and burns, when the circumstances of life come, then what it tells us is we've been building on the wrong foundation. In fair weathers, both houses look great. When the water's calm and the temperatures are comfortable and the sun is shining and there's no wind and no rain beating down, the buildings look pretty good. I know sometimes we have to clean the gutters out and every now and then we might have to replace a window. But most of us, when the weather's good, say something like this. Man, my life is going well. Things are going great. I must be doing everything the right way and life is good. And a whole bunch of us have been able to be in a position to say that. But then the storms come and they do come. Look around you. There's not a person in this room, there's not a person watching us online who is exempt from the storms of life because the Bible says the rain, shine, the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous and the sun shines on the righteous and the unrighteous. The wind blows, the rain beats, and the water rises, and all of a sudden what we thought was secure, all of a sudden what we thought was okay, what we thought was good now rattles us. Sometimes the storms come and they're our own doing. They're our own choices, our own decisions. And, and sometimes we can bring storms into our lives and storms into the li lives of others. I said last week, there's this adage, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's not true. What you do, what I do, the way we live our lives, the way we let our light shine or do not let our light shine, what we do rattles and ripples into other people's lives and our own lives. And then sometimes someone else makes a choice. Someone else decides something that brings a circumstance into our lives and it just has the potential to wreck us. And sometimes it's just it's, it's just the fact that we live in a fallen world. And because we live in a fallen world, circumstances and situations will come into our lives that have the potential to 
to unsettle us, that have the potential to wreck our lives. You see, we can't protect ourselves from the storm. We can't protect ourselves from the storms. It's not possible. And storms reveal our foundation. Jesus said basically this, the slacker house built on the sand will fall, but the scrutinizer house built on a rock will stand even after the storm. It may need some repair. It, it, may, it may need a fresh coat of paint. It, it, it's gone through some tre tremendous turmoil. It, it, it may need to be cleaned up, but the house will stand. The storms may confuse us. They may shake us to the core. It may even seem like they're going to last forever, but Jesus says the storms won't last forever. And Jesus comes in sometimes and says, shh, Peace be still, and the storm is still. And the Bible says Jesus will not let us go through anything that we can't handle. And sometimes the storms are building character, and sometimes the storms allow us to know what we're building on. Here's the good news of my life and my journey. About 18 and 19, God allowed my house to fall flat to reveal to me that I was building my life on sand. And I took that opportunity to get rid of the sand and start to build my life on the rock. Sometimes God will let your house fall flat so he can, so he can, so he can get you out of a temporary mode and move you into eternal mode. I don't know about you, but I was so glad that God allowed my house to fall flat at 18 and 19 years old. So it was a temporary slackerhood and a temporary stupid carpenter and a temporary, you know, a, a, a craziness of life. And I was able to put my life re redig and pump that, that, that wall and that house up and pour a new foundation which was built on Jesus. The third principle is this. You and I get to choose. Rock, sand. We get to choose. Temporary, Eternal, we get to choose. Smart, stupid, slacker, scrutinizer, we get to choose. All throughout the series, all throughout the message on the mount, Jesus was saying, you get to choose. You get to choose whether you come and experience grace truthfully. You get to choose whether you're salt and light you get to choose whether you worry about worrying about whether you spend your time worrying about everything that, that's temporary or you focus your, your attention on a God who is eternal. You get to choose. I love this. We get free will. God does not drop, kick us through the goalposts of heaven. Some of you don't even get that. It was a WWF before E. World Wrestling Federation. And there was a move called a drop kick. And one of the one of the one of the superstars of WWF used to do a drop kick as that pinning move. You know, there's always a specialty move that you do when you're you're getting ready to end the, the wrestling match. Now I don't know about you, but I thought this was real when I was growing up. I need to be careful. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, this was real when I was growing up. 
And so I love, I love those last kind of moves, right? The last kind of moves. God's a perfect gentleman. He will allow you and I to choose. And let me say something to you. You and I are choosing. We are choosing. Sand or rock. We're choosing. So it's your move. God invites you to be transformed by his grace. <laughs> he challenges us to be changed from the inside out. He doesn't demand it. He doesn't command it. He gives us a choice. So let me ask you, is the foundation important to you? What's your choice? Rock? Sand? Scrutinizer? Slacker? Smart? Stupid? And here's the deal. Most of us would say, man, James, of course I'm going to choose smart. One of my favorite passages in Revelation is when the Bible talks about Jesus gathering people together. And on one side, sheep, and on the other side, he, he kind of he puts that goats there. And, and he comes and he says to the people on this right, come you who are blessed of my father. Inherit what's coming to you. Because I was hungry, thirsty, and he talks about all those things, and you, you gave, you involved. And then he says to those on his left, yeah, you guys go away. And they ask the question, why? He says, because when I was doing this, when you did all these things or you didn't do it, that was me. You did or didn't do it for me. And I imagine the ghost would say, Lord, if we knew it was you, come on. If we knew it was you, we would do it. And it, it seems to me that that's not true. And so we get a choice. And God has been gracious enough to give us the choice. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for grace, your unmerited favor. Thank you for hope. And Father, I believe you're here. We, we, we prayed that you would be here. I believe you're here. We gather in your name, you're here. And I believe your Holy Spirit is speaking, not in just this room, but online, whether, wherever a person is listening to this message. I believe that you have revealed to everyone listening to this message what our foundation is made of. And you reveal to us whether we're slackers or scrutinizers, whether we're smart or foolish. You reveal whether it's rock or sand. And Father, you give us an opportunity at this point to make some changes, to do some home improvements, to make sure that we focus on the eternal and not the temporary. And so, Father, in this moment, you're speaking to us. And, and my sense is that you're saying to some of us, you need some foundational repair work. And you're saying to us, allow my grace and my Holy Spirit to come in and, and to transform you from the inside out. And so, Father, today we say, speak, Lord, we're listening And we won't just listen, Father, but we'll obey. Thank you so much for our choice. Thank you so much for the grace that enables us to make the choice. Thank you so much for sending your son to die on the cross so that the gap 
between smart and, and stupid, between eternal and temporary, between slacker and scrutinizer. So that would be bridged. And so, Father, help us. Help us today. Respond to your grace that's available and free. Respond to your transformation. Maybe you're here today and you're listening online or in this place and you might say, James, I don't know about, I don't know about all of that. I, I, I don't know the God who extends his grace, his unmerited favor in my way. I, I don't have a relationship. I'm not a belonger. But I do realize this, that I've been listening and I've, I've, I've discovered some sand in my life. And, and, and I've been through storms and, I, and I, I've seen my house sway back and forth and, and I've lost parts of it that are ripped off. And today I want to re-jack up my house. I want to do some home improvements. I want to build my life on the rock that is Jesus so you can pray, Lord, come, come, become the rock of my life. Forgive me for doing my own thing, for building sand castles on the beach, only to see the waves come in and wash them away. Today, I'm looking for rock. Today, I'm looking for something stable. So come in and forgive me and come into my life and have your way. Transform me from the inside out. Show me, help me, direct me, and I will follow. And I thank you. Why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads and um, here's the question I have for you. Maybe today you would say, uh, James, you know what? I, I've been listening and God has revealed some sand in my life and and, uh, and I just want him to help me. And I, I'm not going to call you up or anything like that. I'm just going to pray for you. Maybe you're, out, you're somewhere online, and I would encourage you maybe to send something to info, to info at Selling Fields. But, but if you're here this morning and this, uh, whenever you're watching this, if you would say, um, if you would say I, I, I see some sand and I, I, I need some home, some home repair, do me a favor, just raise your hand up really quickly and put it back down. I see those. Anybody else? Just raise your hand up really quickly and put it back down. I see those. Thank you, Father, that you're still in the business of speaking to your people. And Father, as we come before you transparently and say, here I am, Lord. <laughs> I need some work in my own journey, in my own life, Father. I see some places, some corners that are sand-like. And I want so much to be rock bound. So help us, help me as we look at those things and let your Holy Spirit shine a light on them. And as we do the, the work by submitting and surrendering to your spirit so that you can remove sand and place rock in its place. Thank you for all you're doing. We're, work, we're a work in progress, Father. <laughs> you're still working on us still perfecting us, still making us like Jesus. We give you praise. Amen. Thanks so much, guys. Love you. Pick, choose the rock. Foundations are important.
Wow, thanks for joining us for worship today. Well, before we close today, uh, at the beginning of the service, I asked you a question that is, what was the world record for the tallest Lego structure that was built? And so if you Googled it or maybe just thought about it, it was 114 feet, 11 inches high, built with 550,000 Lego bricks. Imagine that must have taken a while. But it all started with one firm foundation. So what's your foundation? What are you building your life on? That's the question that Pastor James asked us today. And I hope that you'll be thinking about and, and praying about and taking action about through this week. And know that we're here for you at Salem Fields Community Church. So please don't hesitate to shoot Pastor James an email at james at salemfields.com. Or if you have any prayer needs, you can email us at care at salemfields.com and we'll be in touch with you. Stay in touch throughout the week. We have some great stuff going on on Facebook Live on Mondays and Wednesdays. We have our deeper dive at 2 p.m. where we dive a little bit deeper into the message and also worship Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And we have a bunch of different groups and small groups so you can really get in touch and get deeper in your faith. You can email us at smallgroups at salemfields.com and we can tell you a little bit more about that. And also make sure that you join us next week. Don't miss it next week for a really, really important message where we're going to talk about our role as belongers in the aftermath of the election. So invite somebody to join you here online or in person. It's going to be a very important message to be a part of. But until then, don't gorge yourself on too much Halloween candy. Have an awesome week and we'll see you then.